Here in Orlando, Florida, O-Town Compost is leading the composting revolution, recycling organic waste into a nutrient-rich resource. Join Charlie Pioli, founder of O-Town Compost, as we hear from the nation's leading voices behind the grassroots community composting movement. Welcome to the Community Composting Podcast. If you enjoy the Community Composting Podcast and want to support future episodes, please follow the link in the episode show notes to give a small monthly reoccurring donation, even if it's $5 to $10 a month. We'll continue to come out with killer content to keep the grassroots movement rolling. Hi, welcome to episode number 26 of the Community Composting Podcast. I have here with me John Klein of New Earth Farm based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, John's community composting operation and farm is actually pretty much in the heart of St. Louis, which is a pretty urban area. And uh, John, you know, you're, we were just talking about how um, involved you are with the Community Composting Coalition. You're always on the forum mm-hmm. asking questions. I can just tell that you're like very passionate about what you do. And if you wouldn't mind, how'd you get into community composting? How'd you start New Earth Farm? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, well, it's uh, my wife and I, Stacy, that, that we run it together. And I was a a hospital chaplain at St. Louis University Hospital for about eight years. And just going through through that and having some anxiety and depression and the hospital was, uh, you know, I was definitely called to the work, but it was was depressing after a while, just lots of gunshots, lots of death. And just hearing folks' stories, there's a lot of folks who are just super sick in the hospital nowadays and lonely. And uh, just got to the point where I couldn't listen to any more stories. Um, so I had, I had a friend who was doing some community composting. And uh, you know, he's told us about how like people were paying him to pick up their food scraps. And like, wait, they're paying you to pick them up? I thought it was the other way around. Like, you know, you want the resource. And, uh, but then he told us about that and kind of urban farm. And uh, I guess my wife and I just kind of realized like this is something we'd like to do. Like we'd like to work as a family together uh, in a small business, work on the ground too. Um, but although since starting all this, we've been, it's just been too busy with the composting side to do a whole lot with the urban farming side. Mm. Uh, but that's kind of how we, we got our start into it. And how did you go into acquiring the space for the farm? And, you know, what was your vision from the very beginning? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if we had like a super clear vision other than like, Hey, let's get you out of the hospital and let's uh, do something that seems a little more healing, still like something that's good for, uh, for the world, for uh, people, for, for ourselves. Um, but uh, we, we, we got the land from the city. So where we live is old North St. Louis. And uh, unfortunately there's a lot of vacant properties and buildings that fall down. It's not uncommon for a couple of buildings in our neighborhood to burn down over the course of a year. Uh, so there's the, we bought our property from the LRA, which is a land reutilization authority, which I think is the largest like land bank in America. And there were, they are over, I think like 12,000 vacant 
and derelict properties in St. Louis. And so you can, you can make offers to purchase these properties from them if you have kind of a plan. So after getting a lot of neighborhood support and kind of doing a trial with them for with the LRA for a year, we were able to purchase these lots behind us, which is probably like, oh, I, maybe a quarter of an acre at the most. And it's kind of catty corner to, to where we live just across the alley. So that was a big, that was a big factor. We wanted to be very close to it. Um, although in the process of getting it too, people were uh, pretty wary of composting you know, as a concept. So we, we ended up saying we wouldn't compost there, which has limited us to, to our yard. Um, oh, is, is that, you're currently composting in your yard? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we compost in our yard and then we started tipping too because we have too much at this point. Mm. Uh, but we have a couple aerated static bins in our yard just because they seem the best suited for the city with, uh, you know, having sides, having mulch topping, having a lid on it and not turning. Uh, so you, you know, do have like a commercial composting facility in the area. So if there's any overflow, yeah. you can always take it there. Thankfully, we have like uh, we have two uh, and, and basically 25 minutes in either east or west, depending on where we want to go. Um, so that's that's we take some there. And then we've also done some composting in our neighbor's yard, too, because we didn't want to do too much in our own yard. And, you know, we have neighbors 10 feet away. Uh, and you started what, uh, about a year ago, year and a half? Yeah, almost almost a year and a half, I guess it was when we officially launched for business. It was uh August of last year. And how many pounds are you doing roughly each week? And, you know, if you don't mind sharing the number of subscribers and how you've grown. So we, uh, the number of pounds, I'm trying to think of what it is. It's probably around 1,100 pounds a week, I think. And it's like 225 customers. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you mostly focused on the residential side right now, like the smaller volumes? That's where we started. And just recently, maybe in the past month, I, I redid our website and we, we bought a small uh, Isuzu NPR truck and we're starting to do some commercial and, and we're listed as doing event stuff too. Uh, so we're trying to do commercial, residential, and then also sort of these uh the drop-off locations Hmm. has the city taken notice of your operation like i don't recall the city of st louis does anything as far as organics collection besides maybe yard waste um you know is this have you had a discussion with any municipality people not, not really. We, I mean, we had our older person out, uh, Mr. James Page, and he was super, super supportive of us. And we, were, as, especially as we were trying to find like a, a site where we could compost our, ourselves in a larger scale that hasn't panned out yet. But uh, at the at the large scale, there is uh, Total Organics, which is part of St. Louis Composting, which is a large composting operation in St. Louis and also regionally as well. Uh, you know, we one of the sites that we tip at is like a 52 acre site, and they've probably got four or five different sites in the, in the region. Um, so there is there is also a commercial scale composting going on in St. Louis. Okay, 
And I mean, there could be potential one day that you partner with them maybe on a project on collection. Cause they're, if I had to guess, they're like doing bigger volume collection and maybe from like restaurants and large yeah. generators. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I couldn't tell you who specifically, but I know like uh, schools or universities, um, I've definitely seen their photos at restaurants, but also I think they do some deep packaging and other things. Yeah. And I feel like for community composters, you know, you don't have to look at yourself as like the little guy. There's a, it can be very complimentary. I think of in Boston where you have the bigger haulers like Zero and Black Earth yeah. doing the restaurants. They have hydraulic tippers on their trucks so they can you know, get a few hundred pounds into the back of their dump truck. But then, you know, there's the finesse composter, like Bootstrap, who's focused on picking mm -hmm. up from residential, small businesses. They'll go, you know, if someone lives in an apartment downtown, they'll go up to the 20th floor or like yeah. 20th floor office. So, yeah, I mean, there there's a great opportunity in St. Louis, and it sounds like you're very well positioned. Yeah, and we've gotten to know their, their VP, who is very involved, and actually, I think all of them are very involved with the United States Council on Composting, and so we're trying to we're build relationships and kind of uh, find out what there is for, for us to do in the midst of all this. Cool. Well, in your operation, what has been really working well so far and what hasn't been, you know, been the biggest challenge? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest challenges is just space. You know, we've got these aerated bins and, and turning them over and moving them out of our yard because we, we, it's by hand. Uh, and I saw it on your website, you're using the O2 compost uh, yeah. ASP bins. Yeah, they actually advertise on this podcast. So if anyone's listening, I encourage you to contact Peter Moon for a free half an hour consultation. But that's awesome. How many did have you built in your yard? Uh, we've got two in our yard. And then we've got two uh, smaller ones in a neighbor's yard as well. Uh, so, I mean, they, they work great. Uh, it's just a matter of like, you know, there's no room for bobcats or anything like that. These are just like small yards with small gates and you can't, you can't maneuver around. It's just wheelbarrows and moving things. Uh, yeah, so it's a lot of manual labor to empty them out yeah. and start fresh. And then, you know, it, it's a small footprint though. So you can easily do it in a, a small space, which is very convenient. Yes, absolutely. Um, so so that, that's your biggest challenge is space. And I actually saw on the forum, on the listserv, you uh, sent out a picture of like an old dilapidated car wash. And it had like, oh, yeah. it was yeah. paved and you yeah. had Jersey barriers, you know, for a backstop if you were to blend the material. Whatever happened with that? That looked like um, an awesome site. <laughs> nothing, nothing happened with it. Uh, I think we talked to the owner, and they didn't, they didn't want to sell it, or they wanted some astronomical amount oh. for it. You know, for better or worse, uh, we live next to Highway 70, and then right across that is this industrial zone. Uh, so it's it's kind of a gross, 
to live very close to that, but at the same time, we hope that some at some point in the future, maybe we can get a small compost site over there because it's all kind of unrestricted zoning. Yeah, there's there's space there. Uh, we just need to wait for the right spot. Yeah, I love how you're focused on actually being a processor. You know, you're you're very fo- you want to be the one who makes compost rather than a lot of community composters are. You know, they they may only focus on the collection side, and they have you know you have commercial composting facilities uh, relatively nearby. So, why um, you know why are are you taking the, the, I would say the more challenging route, which is, right. you know, being the processor and the collector, which is two separate businesses, but why are you uh, doing that? Well, I think, I mean, I just think the, the making of compost is pretty fascinating. Like, you know, it's just kind of like uh, this magic box where you put these things in and then there's like all this community that happens and all these, bacteria and fungi and you know nematodes and like it's just pretty cool that like this is you, what comes out on the other end is just totally different from what went in it's i don't know it seems like that's where the magic happens and i want to be i want to be part yeah. of that process uh, you know that is where the magic happens <laughs> i mean I've, I've been told you know nobody makes money on that end you know that's that's not where they make money but uh, i don't know it's just it'd be it, i like the idea of producing really high quality compost Mm-hmm. And being able to cycle that back into local gardens and people's, you know, flower beds and whatever else. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the second part of the question is what has been working really well for you so far? Um, uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's amazing that people are finding us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we have a, a decent website and people have been reaching out to us. Um, whether it's... I think 225 subscribers is what you said. I think that's really great for the first year and a half, uh, especially in maybe, I guess St. Louis is, you know, got a lot of high educated people, um, more left leaning environmentalists. You know, I feel like that's the best demographic um, for what we do, but that's really impressive. I, your website is like pretty clean and welcoming. So yeah, that makes sense why you have so many. I think we like that. And we like, you know, just kind of like building relationships and, you know, helping people start composting, you know, like a friend of ours from church signed up and she's like, yeah, I'll do it just to support you when we're first starting out. But now like, she loves it. Like, she's like, you know, I can't throw this away anymore. It's a resource. And like, that's uh, awesome. A pretty cool transformation. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're, we're a week before Christmas and I was pleasantly surprised uh, this week when we got like a couple really nice cards that our subscribers left on their buckets. One customer left like some chocolate mints. Another customer left like a a gift card. So, I mean, people really appreciate what we do. And yeah, I mean, that's great that you were the first one in St. Louis to bring this to to the people. Well, we we definitely weren't the first. There was actually... A couple other little community composters. Oh, uh, really? There's one called uh, BLH, which is uh, Boom. 
Boom Lake Heritage Farm. Uh, and they did a I, bucket swap. Kind they of. do they do bucket swaps and uh, they're really focused too on like uh, they do kind of akashi composting and they're focused on making good compost because they also grow flowers and and sell those back to their subscribers. Oh, um, cool! So that's another another one of the, the groups around. They've been I think they've been doing it since twenty seventeen. Uh, okay. There's another small one starting up just north of us in Florissant, Missouri, which is maybe like. 15 minutes from, from where we're at here. And it's a friend of ours named Katie, who's got a small operation called Componic Solutions. Um, and then there's another small urban farm and composter called a uh, perennial city. That's also doing composting on a, on a small scale. Yeah. What about the other cities in Missouri, like um, Springfield, Jeff City, Columbia? Are you aware of any composting outfits? I definitely know in Springfield, Missouri, there's a Springfield uh, Compost Collective and a guy named Tim England there runs that. Although I heard awesome. he moved to California recently, so I'm not sure what he's doing. But on the other side of the state, across from us, the other major city is uh, Kansas City. And they've got, uh, uh, they've got Casey Collective and Compost. And then also, this, yeah, the Kansas City Compost Collective as well. Yeah, actually just reach out to them for an interview. So yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you guys are covering the major metropolitans. Yeah. Um, funny enough, like in 2017, when I was still working for the waste consultant uh, that I used to work for here in Orlando, uh, I was part of the state of Missouri DNR waste character, right? characterization study Whoa. and I went to like a dozen landfills transfer stations around the state of Missouri really um you know serving inbound trucks for garbage sorting a lot of garbage and um overall you know I I really gotta travel around the state a lot and see yeah. the trash uh, across the state and it was um yeah, I, doing? I think fondly of like Springfield and yeah, 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 yeah. What, um, did, that, what did that tell you about our trash? <laughs> well, you're you're in St. Louis, so you're probably aware of Bridgeton landfill. Which, yeah, it's been on fire. And that that's I still am in awe about uh, some of those stories I heard. Like they for years now, there's like a smoldering under the landfill yeah. face. And that smoldering isn't a fire, but it's like a basically hot material that's just like smoldering. And um back in the days of like the Manhattan Project, you know, the uh -huh. nuclear waste from the Manhattan Project ended up in the Bridgeton la landfill in the suburbs of St. Louis. And I, the rumor is that the truck driver, the dump truck full of nuclear waste, he just drove it into a hole in Bridgeton landfill and they covered the truck in all. And that smoldering is getting closer and closer to the nuclear waste site. Uh, right, at the right. So yeah, yeah, it's all bad news, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why we got to we got to like think of a better solution than landfills. So. Yeah. If you, and if you're coming in uh, to St. Louis from, 
from Illinois on 70. You can uh, you can't quite see it very well on the on the left hand side on the way in is the Cahokia uh, Native American mounds, and they're huge and they're beautiful. They're kind of covered up by trees a little bit, but then like a, a mile or two down the road on the right hand side is our trash mound, <laughs> and it's just it's enormous. Like uh, it's it's so much bigger than the than the mounds, and you're just like, what what is this? Like an, it's, it's a landfill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's that's like, stark contrast. What you want to see when you're driving into the city. and Yeah, it's, it's I mean, welcome to Florida where, you know, it's such a flat pancake of a state. If you're driving and you see a, a hilly area, it's a landfill because that's <laughs> the only hills we have in this state. And there's a couple, right? along the major highway 95 here in the state. So Love yeah, that. it's unfortunate. So what are your goals for New Earth Farm um, as you you know continue and you grow? What are your long-term goals? Uh, we're, I'm not 100% sure on what those are. I have like these intermediate goals of like, let's, have a family business, let's be able to pay ourselves, let's have a couple employees and treat them really well uh, because I, I just value treating people well, paying them well. And uh, and what have you hired? Uh, have you hired a driver or something? We've got a, we've got a contract driver who, who helps out. Um, we, try, we try to pay them well, we pay $20 an hour. Oh, so they're a contractor, not technically a W-2 employee? Yeah, contracts. And uh, why did you decide on that, um, you know, method or over W two? I guess right now we don't we don't need somebody a whole lot because you know I do I do basically half the driving and then they do it uh, and it's just not it's not that many hours. Um, yeah, it'd be great to have a dedicated. I think the next step will be having a part time. Uh, an employee who works 20 hours a week and just covers covers our routes primarily and we also do bucket washing which you know is uh i i've heard you know discussions about it on your show about <laughs> yeah. people stopping it or continuing it and it's it's labor intensive and it's yucky but uh we still feel like it's part of our package at, at yeah. least at this picture yeah we've had extensive conversation on this <laughs> podcast about bucket washing yeah. I'm, I'm in your camp. I still feel like the goal is to make compost as convenient and uh, let as yuck free as possible. Yeah. And um, yeah, it is part of the package. And if you need to charge a couple dollars more, you know, I feel like that's what you need to do. But bucket washing is, you know, it, it just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And the buckets aren't always, you know, we wash them, they turn out good. But, you know, once in a while, there's a little bit of scuzz in there. It's still a, it's still a waste receptacle, you know? Yeah. Oh, let's talk about your bucket washing. Like, what is your process? <laughs> it's it's two sinks, uh, you know, uh, one full of soap and uh, one full of uh, water and vinegar. And we just uh, we empty the buckets into larger toters. We, we rinse them out pretty well with a hose. And then we scrub them and we rinse them in the uh, vinegar water. Uh, that does pretty decent. You know, some of the buckets are pretty, 
SCSI though too, especially if folks missed a pickup date and yeah, it's been like a month since we were there. But yeah, just, and then the liners may have a hole in them and it leaks. We don't leak. we don't use liners. Oh, you don't? No, we did we did paper liners for a while. Um, and you know, and, and part of that is because uh, before we were tipping too, it's like we didn't want the liners in our in our own compost because they weren't breaking down super great and they create kind of anaerobic barrier and you know anything around it was just wasn't processed at all. Um, and, I, and we didn't want to, it's just, it's kind of a pain in the butt to line each one of them. And then it's kind of like, is this worth the waste or not? And we're just like, we're washing them anyways. Let's just give people clean buckets every week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason people use liners is it's a lot easier and quicker to wash the buckets yeah. typically because there's not like chunks on the buckets that sticks on the buckets and you're in a cold place where maybe you get like freeze like it might freeze and that becomes a problem but we we actually it, it does add another step to the process where you have mm -hmm. we call it bucket prep okay we like spritz with some citrus fabuloso and maybe oh. a, a bleach solution okay and that's after we wash we spritz we wipe out the inside of the bucket then we tie the liner slip it in put on the lid we may have to like wipe off any spots on the lid so it adds like some time but then you know we haven't found that the you know when we're when we're of course, if the liner is still containing the food scrap contents and it ends up in your pile, it's going to create like an anaerobic pocket. But that's why we make sure to like empty the contents uh, when our driver comes back. You know, we empty the contents out of the liner and yeah. um, we rinse out the bucket um, to get all that juice from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I think liners for us disappear in a couple of days, okay. but, you know, you got to like make sure they're in the middle of the pile. They, they will percolate up to the top of the pile somehow. It's like <laughs> magic. Migrate. Yeah. yeah, they just migrate and, you know, then they, they could become a problem for your compost site. They, you know, liners that haven't broken down and you have to treat them as like litter and you right. know, trash them basically. So um, that's interesting though. As you start to take on more food scraps, you realize very quickly that you need a better composting system to process the material. This is why I highly recommend the aerated static pile micro bin designed and made easy by O2 Compost. In 60 days, I have finished compost without putting in the labor of turning the pile. The piles heat up to over 140 degrees, killing pathogens, weed seeds, and fly larvae, making the end product safe to use in the garden. With 32 plus years of experience in the compost industry, Peter Moon, owner of O2 Compost, is a leading expert in the field of ASP composting. I encourage you to set up a free half an hour consultation with Peter Moon by going to his website, www.02compost.com. That's the letter O, the number two, compost.com. 
If you mention that you heard about O2 Compost on this podcast, you'll receive a 10% discount on the purchase of the Microbin Compost Training Program. So yeah, your your goals, like, you know, oh, you don't have yeah. to give me numbers per se, but where do you see yourself? Like, what do you see yourself doing in 2022? In 2020? Well, I mean, I think the biggest... The big new ventures are drop off and commercial and just kind of getting, hopefully getting a few larger accounts uh, and putting our, our new new truck to work. Um, I, I think we just want to be able to get to where we can hire some folks and maybe I would, I mean, long term, I'd love to get a compost site and I'd love to focus on more of the administration myself and then also doing, making compost. Mm-hmm. I think that would be that will be a great goal. Uh, and then, you know, getting enough folks that the um, work is less than a, less of a burden on my wife too, because she already has other work that she does. Mm-hmm. So just relieving, relieving her as, as well. And um, what, how much do you guys charge for your service and what are the finances like of your business so far? If you mind sharing, are you able to pay yourself? Sure. We're, we're not actually paying ourselves yet. You know, we're slowly kind of taking money back out of the business that we've put into it. Um, we'd love to be able to pay ourselves that we, that's, that's part of a, you know, the reason of going to commercial as, as well. Um, but, uh, sorry, the second, the other part of the question was, uh, how much are you charging for your service? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, 26 for this is for weekly pickup it's 26 or if you pay for a whole year at a time it's 22 dollars a month mm-hmm. and then for bi-weekly it's the same 18 or 16 um, nope. the, drop, the drop off we just started is is 12 dollars uh and we tried to price it you know kind of competitively with uh folks in the region and, and we're also the midwest which is fairly cheap yeah um, but it doesn't it doesn't allow you to pay yourself very much too. So yeah. we're, we're kind of learning what is actually sustainable and what's, uh, what's going to help us in the long term. Um, Do you serve pretty much the whole city of St. Louis? We definitely serve the city of uh, St. Louis. Um, you know, the city is actually fairly small back in like the 1800s, the, the city and the county uh, we're separated from each other. Uh, so they, they're not, they're not one unit anymore. Hmm. And so the city stops, there's a street called limit and that's where the limit of the city is. And the county goes on for, for a long ways too. And so we go a little ways out in the county, basically kind of like to the inner belt, which is 170. Um, and I've heard a lot of discussion on your podcast too, about, you know, routes and taking jobs, uh, further out and you know i think there probably are some folks that we took on early on who were too far out for us we were like you know but we were kind of desperate like we need we need we need somebody you know uh thankfully a few of those places like there's there's some neighbors that have signed up as well which kind of makes it more worthwhile but that's yeah. always a challenge is keeping the routes tight and trying to trying to get density yeah filling in the routes uh, with I, I mean, I have to believe over time, they're just going to become more dense. The yeah. key is to not fail in that uh, interim. In the meantime. So, <laughs> right. 
Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. And you're not able to pay yourself. I mean, that's reminiscent uh, of, you know, my first year and a half for sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like as you bring on some commercial clients and, you know, you purchase that truck, you, you I view it the same way. We recently purchased a truck and we have to like put it to work so it can like pay itself. And, yeah, yeah. you know, there will be a margin on top of that to also just go into the checking account. So are you tipping off the back of your trucks or like lift gates or? We have a, um, a dump truck. It's, uh, okay. it's like a, a normal pickup truck, but a park and easy dump body. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like a hydraulic dump and you can switch between the dump and the tipper. Um, so it's, it's working out really well for us. Cool. It's not easy to find. I was just talking with Francisco down in Miami who runs compost for life and he was having a, a really hard time like landing one okay. um, but we just lucked out like we really lucked out contacting um i actually what <clears throat> in my house in orlando i live five minutes away from <clears throat> the yard where this large wow. trash hauler uh keeps all their trucks and one day i was just like screw it i'm gonna go over there talk to someone ask them about these parkan easy dump bodies yeah. and I, I struck up a conversation with the fleet manager and he actually told me where they purchased their equipment uh, and uh i i reached out to the where they purchased their equipment and it just so happened they had a used pickup truck and a, a parkan easy dump brand new that was all like reasonably priced and yeah. just like pure luck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That was kind of our, our past month and a half of doing research of looking at, you know, different, different dumps, whether it's a mini rear loader or it's uh, you know, the, the dump body in the truck bed or just a dump truck, dump trailers, box trucks just trying to figure out you know what makes most sense for us at this at this juncture which was a hard it's a hard decision yeah <laughs> yeah and you know the best thing to do is probably look what other composters who are ahead yes. of you what they decided and the pluses and minuses you know have you learned have you taken anything really um you know, important from the community composting forum? Like what are some things you've learned from other composters that have really helped out so far? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I just really appreciate the folks on it. Like they're, they're super open, they're super friendly and helpful. Um, I really appreciate just having that as a, as a resource because uh, I, I don't know where I'd be without it. <laughs> But uh, I think, you know, there's, I mean, it's just pretty cool that I can send out an email and find out like, you know, hey, what's what, you know, what was working for you most recently? And there was a the guy in Springfield, Tim England, who told me about like the Isuzu NPRs and how, how, how well they've been working for, for them. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, and as I continued to do more research, it was kept coming back to that. And I was like, oh, I guess, I guess this is where we're going to end up. 
Uh, is it a Zuzu MPR like a box truck or? Yeah, it's a twenty. It's a twenty foot box truck. Oh, okay. At least the the version that we have, um, with a little lift gate on the back as well. And you use that for commercial toters? Yes, uh, we do. Okay. Whereas, whereas we're starting that up, and then also for just dumping our residential ones, you know, we combine all the four gallon buckets into a, the sixty four gallon toters, and you know, all those off. Okay. Yeah. So that means for your commercial clients, you are like swapping toters, like you yeah, yeah. arrive and you yeah. leave you know, them a another, new one. That's another big debate too. You know, do you wash them there? Do you, yeah. But yeah. you know, the box truck allows us to carry empty ones and then bring, bring them to the site. So that's, that's our model right now. Good. Mm-hmm. Giving out new aligned ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great that um, Tim down in Springfield was able to help you out. I need to reach out to him because I didn't even realize uh, there was a community composter in Springfield. And I'm surprised because Springfield's not like a huge no, they're not city. That and it's, uh, it's like pretty conservative. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I remember their landfill. It was a lot of oh, like... Yeah farmers and suburban nights so um yeah that's great um was there anything else uh you wanted to share about your operation um that you feel like could help and maybe inspire you know beginning new community composters as they you know hope to even make it to their first year and a half and 225 customers uh yeah i mean you know one thing that's been super helpful to me is also i mean being connected with the uh, institute for local self-reliance but also being connected with the united states council on composting um through like their young professionals group i got connected with a, a mentor who and who's been you know composting since like uh, 75 and composting biosolids and all sorts of things and starting his own businesses. And uh, so he's, he's a, a, an older gentleman who has tons of experience and he can say like, you know, I can come to him with problems because we meet every week over Zoom and he can kind of like put up some, some, <laughs> some uh, guardrails on either side and help me, help me down the road because he's already traveled down that road and he kind of knows what's going on and uh, he's also just super encouraging. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to have like that as a resource. Cause uh, I don't know, it's just to have somebody there who's, who's been where you're going and who can kind of point the direction and who it can, you know, call up and say like, Hey, what do all these gross value uh, ratings mean on this truck? Like, I don't, I don't understand how much can I get in this or how can I, yeah. what can I not get in this? Uh that's awesome. I didn't realize that uh, that was part of being a USCC member. Uh, you get to actually pair up in a mentorship program. Yeah. So I think um, it's only like a couple hundred dollars a year. Yeah, maybe 245 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's well worth it. And oh as soon goodness. as uh, we're, you know, building a composting site right now, as soon as it's complete, I think we're going to sign up as well for USCC. And I know I saw on the forum that you're um, going to the USCC conference in Austin in 2022. 
and you want to like, you know, have a, a networking event with all the community composters, which I think would be an awesome idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that'd be my advice to anybody starting out. Just just start meeting people and networking because, like, uh, if you're working on a problem, there's somebody else who's who's already worked on it. And I mean, whether it's through the Institute for Local Self Reliance and, and just you know emailing people and saying, "Hey, can I give you a call?" or the USCC, like people have been so friendly and, and helpful and not like, you know, I don't know, they're just not guarded about stuff or, you know, afraid of competition. I mean, most of us are spread out anyways, but yeah, still, they're just, I don't know, they're people who are just trying to do right in their business and then and helping each other out as we go along, which is just fantastic. Yeah, and I, I I thought it was funny that you were like, yeah, we can find a, a nice, affordable restaurant because <laughs> you know that's what we're all thinking. Like, you yeah, know. <laughs> I don't I don't have that much money. I mean, let's you know, <laughs> I don't want to make this fancy. We're we're basic. Yeah. Uh, when I went to like a, a the United States Council of Composting or uh, compost uh, site management training, it's cool. You just walk in and. Uh, you're in a classroom setting, but people are just wearing their their field garb, you know, what they wore out when they're composting. It's just like we're just down to earth folks trying yeah. to make trying to make a good good compost to put them back in the soil. Yeah. All right. Well, John, you know, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I mean, I listen every week and it's uh, <laughs> it feels like a high honor for me to be on it. No, you're you're killing it out there in St. Louis. Um, keep up the great work and, you know, keep uh, emailing on the forum so I can silently track your progress. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks, Charlie. Cheers. Please rate and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to. If you feel like this is good content and you're learning a lot about compost, 